Aloha, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Faith, Family, and Freedom, the Triple F podcast of Hawaii Family Forum. I'm your host, Eva Andrade, and here with my cohort and partner in crime, Jim Hochberg. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, let's do it. partner in crime can we do that are we are we legally able to say that we are partners in crime in today's you know, world because I, you want the fbi knocking on your door i have a law license that was really hard to get and you kind of don't i want to hang on to it until i quit working okay well yeah. all right then we're not partners in crime we are partners. or we could we could figure out for another show what the acronym crime stands for and we can be partners in the Okay. Whatever it turns out to be. That sounds good. Okay. So if that means anything to any of you, then make sure you stay tuned because maybe we will define that at some point in life. Okay. So I thought what would be really interesting for us to talk about today, Jim, is voting in Hawaii because you- Let's talk about voting. You I like bring voting. it up in every show. I love every voting. Every show you Let's make. Vote. In fact, before we jump in, why don't you go ahead and give your little speech that you give in every show you jump in about voting? I think usually I say that you need to really be smart when you vote because you own the government, that that, that concept. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the government in Hawaii is not your neighbor's truck in the driveway parking lot thing. It's not your neighbor's truck. It's your car in your garage. That's your government. So you got to care about it as much as you do your car in the garage or whatever other thing you have that you like a lot. It just made me think of all those local boys out there going, brah. I get one new truck, man. You know, my 1994 Toyota. Get your own Ford. That's new. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's how we roll here in Hawaii. That is how we roll. So Hawaii, we're very different. We say that ad nauseum because we are different here in Hawaii. um, We're a beautiful state with beautiful people, and we've got so much potential. Um, And one of the things that some people may know, but there's a lot of people that don't know that Hawaii was for a long time one of the lowest in the nation at voter registration and turnout. Percentage, not just Percentage. numbers, because we also don't have very many people. Yes. So it's not just that the number was low, but the actual percentage of possible was very low. Right. And so every election season, we would see these these articles in the paper where they would talk about Hawaii on the bottom, Hawaii on the bottom. I believe Utah was the other one. So us in Utah. And what's interesting, I like to tell people, Utah is the only other state that has no form of legalized gambling either. Very so interesting. So fascinating. So yep. here in Hawaii, we got um, a lot of people that really care about each other. We do have a spirit of aloha here, a spirit mm-hmm. of ohana. So that's big here. So you would think that people would definitely care about what's happening in the government because it would affect your wider family. But that wasn't always playing out in the way we voted here. And I like to do a chart, which I will make available in the description, that I made myself of all of the years. You're a good chart maker. I like charts. I like charts a lot. Um, and it basically will show people the, um, in fact, we'll put it up on the screen right now for you. Um, this is the voter registration turnout from 1959 to 2020. And it shows the registered voters and the percentage of t- turnout. And it was pretty, pretty dismal. When you'd look at the years, it would just kept going down and down and down. However, there was an uptick in 1920 because 
Not 1920. I mean, 2020 because... That was was a trick, but I didn't fall for it. Jim was paying attention. No, because everybody got one in the mail. Yes. So if registered voters got it. Yeah. So the interesting thing that I like to talk about when we do our trainings... Um, go ahead, give the plug. Every time nope, I say trade, go ahead. Tra- <laughs> go ahead. Okay, I don't know. I I see your your. I was thinking that you were going to first start with the hundred percent vote in nineteen fifty nine. Well, I was going to get to that. But oh, yes, you're right. So in nineteen fifty nine, since you're there, I'll go there. Um, so in nineteen fifty nine, that was that was a very like groovy, cool year. There was most of the registered voters actually turned out to vote. Yeah. Why? Because of statehood. statehood. People were people they were, were voting for statehood. They yeah. Were, but every year since then, it kept going down and down and down and down and down. Now, it did go back up in 2020 because everybody who's a registered voter got a ballot mailed to them. But here's what I like. And to- actually, you know, I have friends that have told me recently that in their household, some of the members got more than one ballot. I was getting those calls, too. Um, I had a lady called me. She said her son has not lived in Hawaii for the last I, th- I think she said six or eight years, and there was a ballot for him sent. So I think people were concerned. There were some people that felt that Hawaii's voting was not accurate either. Um, I'm not making that claim. There were people that felt that way. And there's one the other important point. The ballots sent out in 2020 were after COVID, but the law change making mail-out ballots to every registered voter had nothing to do with COVID. The Hawaii legislature passed that law in 2019. There wasn't any voting in 2019, so no ballots were sent out. If 2019 was an election year, all of those ballots would have been sent out in Hawaii before COVID. It had nothing to do with COVID at all. Right. So this was just the way Hawaii wanted to bring up voter participation. But I don't think so. I think they are one of the bluest of blue legislatures, And with their national buddies talking about how they're going to control voting or whatever, I don't really know. That's total speculation. But I think they were testing out how acceptable it would be to the population as a concept for the bigger project that happened after COVID. Well, I think there's people that agree with you on that, Jim. So let's look at the numbers, though. So we had in 2020, the turnout was 579,784. There were 832,466,000 registered voters. (laughs) Go ahead. There are people watching going, "Uh, uh, I'll put up a chart. I will put up a chart. It'll make it easier for you guys. Um, But what people forget is there's eligible voters that are not Not registered. registered. That's right. So even though the number got went up on people that participated, it's kind of hard to ignore it. The ballot comes to you. But I noticed in that that there were a lot of people voting who really didn't know who they're voting for. Because one of the biggest complaints I get in my office is I don't know anything about this candidate. And these include now these are the new ones, right? But this also includes some of the ca- these guys that have been in office for twenty years. Right. They vote for them because they know them by name. They they you know Hawaii they is very see their loyal signs every election yeah. cycle, yeah. so they know those must be the guys. But they yeah. but they don't necessarily know them because people only there's a certain type of person that will make a relationship with their legislator, and that means in good and bad. Those are the people that own their government. We all need to have relationships with our legislators and mm-hmm. our representatives because we own our government. See, they work 
on behalf of all of us together as the owners of the company. It's like if you own stock in IBM, the president of IBM actually gives you a dividend because you're the owner of the company. And at the annual meeting, you get to have an opinion on stuff they're dealing with, right? Electing the board members and all that. A lot of the woke stuff going on in these big companies has been the result of a lot of years of groundwork by progressive activists with stock in these companies to get Coca-Cola to do this and all that kind of stuff. Why can't we do it here as citizens that own the government? we got to get involved. You know, I often wonder that if the lack of participation in Hawaii is because people feel frustrated with the government and because here but they we're own taught, the government they can change the people in there it's true but i think but i think because here we're raised with that whole mentality of you don't make trouble right you don't don't make waves don't make waves so i wonder if people if they're unhappy with their legislator they just figure you know maybe i just won't get involved because i i have nothing That's, nice to that say. is an alternative response but it's not the best one and it shouldn't be so people that are watching this need to know that they care enough about the government that they will raise their voice. When things are going wrong, you're going to raise your voice respectively to say, I don't like this. Or if things are going right, you're going to take that time to call your legislator and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And while you're watching the news, you want to think about the fact that what you're seeing in the news that your government's doing uh, has to be cataloged in your memory because you're going to be voting in months yeah. or in a year or whatever it is. The worst possible thing is to show up to vote and like throw a dart at the ballot. Well, and I think the other thing too is knowing that things happening at the state legislature. Well, I always say that your vote keeps on voting. So when you vote for someone and they're in office, they're going to continue that vote. So Correct. they're going to put forth good legislation or they're going to put bad legislation out. And that's what their job is. Their job is to make laws. That's what legislators do. So here's the thing. Hawaii, we, again, because we're so different, we don't have for our governor, lieutenant governor, um, our representatives and our senators recall or referendum. We don't have that here in Hawaii. And you notice that uh, Governor Newsom in California just this summer survived a recall election. The people in California actually have the right to put on the ballot whether they should fire their governor and elect a new one on the same ballot. We don't actually have the right to do that on the state level here, which means the governor, lieutenant governor, the state representatives, state legislators, uh, and nobody does for Congress. But but we do on the county level here, well, see, which is a very weird I, thing. Yeah, so was, because the state is superior to the county government in the hierarchy of power. And so the legislature doesn't give us the power over them, but we do get power over the county mayor, county councils, that kind of a thing, which the lack of integrity in that bothers me. Well, I tell you, it's interesting because I got a call in the office and they said, hey, you know, we want to recall. Um, and I thought they were talking about the governor. I said, we can't do that. And they go, yes, we can. And they were arguing with me. And I thought, why is this person arguing with me? And then I realized they were talking about the mayor on Maui. That's what they Victorino. were talking about. Victorino. And that's actually something that we haven't done here in Hawaii. It, it, this is kind of outside the norm, but the people on Maui are fed up with the way that he's handled the COVID lockdowns, and they're trying to raise their signatures right now to actually have him recalled. So 
that's something that we, we, we actually need to follow because I think it's going to be interesting. In fact, I, I would like everybody that watches this show, <clears throat> whenever it is that you're seeing it, just jump on your computer and Google Mayor Victorino recall and see at that moment whether they got signatures, whether he's in or out because it had the election or whatever. Yeah, so the way that works is they need to get about 21,000 signatures. For the county for of Maui's county. population, correct. In order for this to happen. And then I think if I understand it correctly, I think he has, if they get the required signatures, he has 30 days to either resign or what's what's the other choice? If he doesn't resign... Well, then I guess they put it on the ballot. I don't know, actually. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what, I think it's just the the local style way of saying, hey, Mayor, we got the votes. You want to just resign, say face. Yeah, and then uh, so the Maui News did a story, and they basically said, and I'll put that in the link for you, um, that basically he stepped down his next in charge, the managing director, Sandy Baz, would take over as mayor and finish the term. Um, it's really interesting because the this is based on COVID, and Hawaii is not immune from people being upset at the way the lockdowns have affected families and individual freedoms and rights. Excuse me. UH football is allowed to have vaccinated people with nothing to eat or drink, and they got to wear a mask, and they can have one-fifth of the capacity of the stadium for a UH game. And I spend probably... I'm embarrassed, probably 20 hours every weekend watching football on television from across the country. Man, the people that live in those other states are really allowed by their government to have fun. Which which, which brings me to the next topic that I know is a bane for you, Jim. And I want you to keep that frustration deep within, deep, deep within, because I know that, that this bugs you a lot. With me, what you see is what you get. Yeah, well, but try, try hard. Well, I don't know. Clickbait. Watch Jim. Watch Jim blow a gasket. Um, um, Civil Beat did an article on November seventh, and they called "How long can Governor Ige keep invoking his emergency powers?" And you answered this question several months ago. A year and a half, more than yeah. a year ago. Last year, twenty twenty, when <clears throat> in July. I filed a lawsuit in state court because what Chapter 127 actually says, which is the emergency powers law that the governor has been using since March of 2020, is on the 60th day after the proclamation of the emergency, the governor's emergency powers automatically terminate. And that's all it says. It doesn't say unless he needs to keep going unless the legislature approves it more. There's no one less, which most other states have. And I had a client in Kona in July, which was 60 days after March 4th was May 3rd or May 5th, one of those two. This was in July, so it was two months later. Got cited uh, by the police on uh, in Kona for being outside when he's supposed to be um, quarantined for coming in on a flight. This was before there was any tests. There were no vaccinations. This was you come to Hawaii, get off the plane, you quarantine for 14 days, right? Except that he was an essential worker. In fact, he was on the mainland doing uh, construction work and came back home as an essential worker, so it didn't apply to him anyway. But that that's beside the point. 
the the police gave him the five thousand dollar citation, go to jail for a year if convicted. And since the twenty the sixty days were up and the citation therefore would have been unlawful because the powers that it was being given under had been issued by Governor Ige after the 60 days, so it was an unlawful order. So I sued, and I asked the court to rule that my client's citation was unlawful because it was on an unlawful act by the governor. And the judge agreed with me that, that the law actually said exactly what I said it said, and what it said meant 60 days, pow, that's it. But what the judge said is, but Mr. Hochberg, I cannot rule in your favor because the result of me canceling the governor's power retroactively to May 5th or whatever it was, would be an absurd result. And so she she denied it and dismissed the case. Now, we could have appealed, but in July of 2020, my client, me, none of my lawyer friends believed this was going to be going on for another year plus, and you only get 30 days to appeal. So this judge ruled that as long as the governor issues a new proclamation before the 60 days expires on the last proclamation, there is no limit at all to the amount of emergency power the governor of the state of Hawaii can use. Mm. The good news, though— Very scary. The good news, though, Jim, is is Speaker Psyche has talked about doing something legislatively to change that. And we're going to have to watch that. But let's talk about gut and replace yes, the last couple that's, of minutes. That's the other thing that has been a bane to us. Um, for those of you that track legislation, you know that, that it's so annoying that you track a bill, you track a bill, you send out information, you tell people this is a good bill, get involved. And all of a sudden you got to send out something telling them it's not a good bill anymore. And then they're like, what do you mean? Well, it's because it's been gutted and replaced. Well, finally... Our Supreme Court here in Hawaii has taken action on that infamous gut and replace. So the League of Women Voters and Common Cause sued the state of Hawaii because on a bill they were working with, it crossed over from the House to the Senate, and the Constitution of the state of Hawaii says that the legislature must hear every bill three times in each house before it can become law. And when it got to the Senate, it got changed to be completely different. It had nothing to do with the original content, and it did not get three hearings in that form in both houses. So they sued. Now, it takes years for a case to come out of the court system. And so I believe this started in 2018. And in 2021, the Supreme Court ruled that it is absolutely mandatory that a bill get three hearings, three readings in each house to pass. And if there's a non-germane change to a bill, it has to go back and get three readings everywhere again. Non-germane meaning they're not improving the content. They're making a change that has nothing to do with mm. the original bill. It doesn't have to be completely gut and replaced. So what I was thinking when I read that is, okay— Here's what we got to ask our legislators. This is your assignment for this week. If, in fact, the Supreme Court read the requirement of three readings in each house, literally the way it reads, why couldn't the legislators have been doing that all these years they've been violating it? Because Article 16, Section 4 
of our state constitution says, all eligible public officers before entering upon the duties of their respective offices shall take and subscribe to the following oath or affirmation. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Hawaii, and I will faithfully discharge my duties as blank, whatever position I hold, to the best of my ability. Okay. Obviously, all these legislators that were gutting and replacing all these years <clears throat> have not been defending and faithfully discharging their duty under the state constitution. I want us to ask them, why not? And the answer is because their duty under the constitution is to you. And they have been exercising their power on gutting and replacing with a duty to themselves. Mm. And we need to ask them about it. And when they run for re-election, go to their public meetings and ask them on the, on the microphone. So it sounds like we've got a couple of call to actions for you. The first one, as always, is check sources. Absolutely. So when you're reading articles and they talk about these court cases, it is going to be over your head sometimes. I mean, you know, they're not written for normal people out there. But you want to know why the legislators or the court system or the media are printing these things. Where are they getting their sources? Really important information. The second thing that you want to do is stay plugged into your local government. It's really, really important that you build a relationship with your senator and your representative. And it's starting in January. Start Meet them before. Starting before yeah. session. In fact, as soon as someone's elected, if you don't know them, reach out to them and get to know them. And this means being nice to them, too. So, yes, hold them accountable when they vote in ways that you don't like. But it also means taking a moment to give them thanks when they do a good job. Because I will tell you, you will have more benefit with your legislator if you have a relationship where they know that you're not one of those crazy people that just come in with petitions and yelling and telling them that they're going to hell. Or You love to you know, always say, make sure you bring your omiyagi. Oh, yeah. Omiyagi. Got to bring that. <laughs> you know, you got to make sure that you're bringing some kind of a gift. It's what we do here in Hawaii. Um, so let's talk about that court case a little bit more because I know that there was a dissenting opinion on it as well. Yeah. So um, usually uh, courts, uh, appellate courts can have unanimous decisions, but not always. And, and sometimes uh, one or two of the justices will have a different opinion. And the state's defense in the case was that the Constitution didn't specifically say what the majority of the Supreme Court was implying it meant. And they were arguing that although it, the, the Constitution says every bill has to have three readings in each house to pass— it didn't say anything in there about if it gets changed. And so as long as it has three in each house, it doesn't matter. And Justice Rechtenwald, the, the chief justice of the Hawaii Supreme Court, agreed with them because he's actually kind of a conservative. He was nominated by Governor Lingle and um, confirmed by the Senate when she was governor. But, yeah, what he said is that since it did get three readings, that bill number— did get three readings in each house. He didn't think the Supreme Court should step in and punish him. But I like the opinion of the majority. Well, and let's be fair. There have been times that gut and replace has benefited us because there's been a couple of times a really bad bill was moving. And then 
at the last minute it was gutted and replaced with something. And then we were like, okay, we don't really care if that bill passes now because it's not the one we were fighting. But more often than not, a bill that we like is gutted and put into something yes. else. And yes. so, it, but the, the point is the Constitution is written to protect us from our government. That's what people don't remember. And that's why progressives don't like the Constitution because it protects us from them doing what they want, because it sets up rules they have to follow. Well, I know you were at the hearing with me that one time where I, I, I cannot remember the bill, which one it was, but it was a bill that they were voting on. And I remember Representative Bob McDermott was so mad because he kept asking him, what are we voting on? Can I have a copy? Can I read? have a copy? Yeah. And they said, we haven't gotten it yet, you know? And I was rolling. I thought, this is funny because, and then he was mad because he said, you're asking me to vote on something that it doesn't even exist. And they're like, basically, didn't you take notes? Well, no, it's the <laughs> Nancy Pelosi theory of government. We got to pass it to see what's in it. That That is so bizarre. <laughs> and she actually said it and she actually said it on television, and it actually got broadcast, and so now everybody has the clip. There is no way this side of the hottest place in the world that that's the way a constitutional government works. We have to elect different people. Well, and it also go, shines a light on how important it is to watch a bill as it's moving through the legislative process, because in each committee, something can be changed. And usually it is, because the committee chairman... Well, have to earn their pay. Well, I mean, and when they had different expertise, when you're in the health committee, mm -hmm. they're going to be looking at it through the lens of health. And if they're in the judiciary committee, they're supposed to be looking at it through the eyes of law. So that's why it does make sure. a difference. And you don't want them all to work it out in advance and just rubber stamp it all the way through mm -hmm. either. You, we no. want to have meaningful participation. And I want to invite you to meaningfully participate with us at the legislature. Yep. And we could show you how to do that. So... It's good to know, and it's good that um, they passed this because I think it's 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 time has come. I tell you what, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this new requirement changes the way the committee chairman do their thing. It's going to be very interesting, yes. and it's not retroactive. No, so it has no effect on the bills that have come before. But let's watch it. What happens? Stay plugged in. Always know what's going on in the government, and tune in every week to this Triple F podcast because you're going to hear things here on this show that you're not hearing in other places. And sign up for Eva Andrade's uh, notifications on Hawaii Family Forum. Yes. If you go to hawaiifamilyforum.org, you can sign up to get alerts during the legislative session. We will let you know what's happening and how you can plug in. We have a great system in order for you to do that. But as always, like this video, share it, subscribe, and hit that notification button so you'll always know when we upload a new video. And as Jim always says, comment, comment, comment. And while you're on the Hawaii Family Forum website, you might notice that you can make a financial contribution to a tax-deductible organization. Yes. And it's a good way to give money to an organization that's helping to raise voices of conservative Christians just like you. And we don't like to ask for money, but hey, every organization needs money to survive, so... If the Lord leads you that way, we wouldn't turn you away. <laughs> and don't forget to check out Jim's C4 organization, HawaiiFamilyAdvocates.com, and find out what's happening because they can do things during an election that Hawaii Family Forum as a C3 organization cannot do. That's true. Yes. And we'll be doing some special shows with Jim, or he will be doing some special shows during the election. So stay tuned. We will see you next week. Make sure that you come back. Mahalo, everybody. Thank you.